Hello everybody, welcome again to the Anita Po Show and the Bitcoin for Fairness series. After my travels to Zimbabwe and Zambia, this is a new interview with Miss Aura from Harare. She's the headmistress at St. Anne's Schools and she's a visionary and entrepreneur. She has been using Bitcoin since 2020 when we first met and installed a Bitcoin wallet on her phone. We're talking about how she was able to reopen the school with the help of your Bitcoin donations and about the successful opening of a second premise. We're also discussing the hardships of money inflation, what people think about Bitcoin in the country and where a lot of the US dollar liquidity to exchange for Bitcoin is coming from. I'm also asking you for new donations for the school. Aura and the schools, they need computers. They only have two computers so far for 120 students. So if you want to donate to that cause, please go to bffbtc.org slash school donation. bffbtc.org slash school donation. Thank you very much. As always, you can watch this interview on YouTube or listen to it in your favorite podcast player. If you want to try something new and stream some Satoshis to me, please use the Breeze app, the Fountain app, or the Sphinx chat app to do that. Thanks for supporting Bitcoin for Fairness. Go out to the Human Rights Foundation, to Leden.io and OKCoin. And in this case, also to Dresor for donating hardware wallets for my Academy participants. Thank you very much. And now enjoy the interview. Learn Bitcoin will teach you the why and how to use Bitcoin. To safely navigate this financial technology, you'll need the knowledge that this book provides. Jameson Lopp, co-founder and CTO, CASA. Order your copy now at learnbitcoin.link. That's learnbitcoin.link. So hello, Aura. Hello again. Uh, thanks for doing this with me. We are here at St. Anne's School and you've been a guest on the Anita Post Show for two times now. Yeah. It's the third time. Uh, the first one was in 2020 when I visited Zimbabwe the first time. Yeah. A lot of things have changed and we're going to talk about that. Um, can you please at the beginning introduce yourself to the people who have not met you before? Okay. And yeah, please go ahead. Cool. Well, thank you for hosting me again. Um, hi, <laughs> my name is Aura Kawanzarua, but everyone just calls me Miss Aura. And I am an educator. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a futurist as well. Um, and I'm a creative in many, 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 too many things. Um, but here I'm here in my capacity as an educator. And I'm the school principal and a director at St. Anne's School. It's a primary school in Zimbabwe. We start from kindergarten all the way up to seventh grade, which is sort of the last grade for primary school here before you go into high school. And um, it's an old school. It's actually 73 years old this year. We were established in 1947, um, but weren't really given much opportunity to grow um, as a school and was always very small. So. We're now on a growth spurt. So mm -hmm. that's a little bit about who I am. Mm -hmm. And you did great work here because two years ago, the school had to be shut down because of the pandemic. Yeah. And then we did the first round of donation with Bitcoin and in 2021, the second one. Um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, where you are now mm -hmm. with the school? You even opened the second school. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, so where we are right now is we are stable. Um, that's what I like to call it. We're stable. We're at a point where, you know, we are, um, we're, we're operational. We're functioning. Lessons are happening. You know, we are paying our bills. You know, we're not defaulting. We haven't had any issues in terms of like our properties or anything. Um, we're managing our business at mm -hmm. the moment. Um, we're not growing at the rate that I would have liked, um, mostly because of the economy. Um, and just, you know, when you, the, the tough thing about running a school, what a lot of people don't understand about running a school is it's not like normal businesses where whatever you put your price at, you know, if you can afford it, you can. If you can't, you can't. You know, when you're running a school, especially in this country, you have to really, really think about the parent. You have to really think about what's practical. Mm -hmm. and what they can afford you know so um you know we have parents who've been with us since the school was just like a like a charity case you know so who maybe don't have as much money or can't afford the fees that we really need to charge to run this place properly it's so, a private school yeah. yeah it's a private school um but it's one of the smaller private schools it's not like the big huge elaborate ones um so that that's been really difficult in that because the economy is so harsh on us as a business it's harsh on parents mm -hmm. who are our clients mm -hmm. so you know it's been very difficult trying to find a balance but outside of that we're doing really great we're at capacity um so we have you know enough children in the classrooms we could do with a little extra maybe 10 or 20 more students but so far we're managing okay the kids are very happy uh we have opened a second premises because we outgrew this one so quickly mm -hmm. in a year we actually had no more space <laughs> for all our students. So we rented another property about five minutes away from here. And that's where we've put our, our little ones. So our kindergarten age um, mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. um, so from the age of four to seven, mm -hmm. that's where they are based at the other school. We mm -hmm. call it the Dorchester campus. And then they basically, if they grow older, they come here? Yes. Okay. Then when they hit the third grade, then they move to the big school. So now they call this the big school okay. and that's the little school, although they're kind of slightly bigger than ours. Um, but we still interact a lot because the swimming pool is here. Um, so they come here for swimming on Thursdays and we still see each other. And there's a shuttle bus between the two schools. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So we've set up wow, a little shuttle set up system. Lot, yeah. yeah. Systems. You know, I think we, we underestimate the power of having systems i'm a very organized person in work i'm very organized <laughs> when it comes to work i'm very organized so you know, it's about systems and once you set up a system everything runs really smoothly you're not late with your rent you pay your taxes you pay your bills on time you yeah. pay staff on time but you know we are okay we're just we're doing okay we're that's doing great okay. congratulations thank you I think it's very important to be very well organized here, right? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, of the economic situation, because of the fact how the value of the money has deteriorated in the last year, last years yes. since I came. Oh, it's actually, as an outsider, I would say it's a kind of a tradition that the Zimbabwean dollar or the money here uh, is losing its value, sometimes <laughs> even in hyperinflation. So tell us a little bit, please, about how do you manage? I mean... How much do you earn or how much does the average person here earn? Because I think even for me, I just realized the other day that one of the Bitcoiners that came to my talk last Saturday from six hours away, he drove with the bus overnight to come to Harare because it's difficult. You don't have a train or anything else. And he then in the interview with him, I realized 
this guy can't afford a computer, you know? And so it's so difficult here to, to, to set up a company and you have several. So tell us a little bit about the hardship here of the life. And at the same time, you are very kind, open and happy people. How does that work? <laughs> um, that's, that's an interesting question. It's many question. questions. Yeah, mind, yeah. Right? So I think let's work from it from the top down. So um, when it comes to running a business, yeah, you have to be extremely organized. Um, uh, we set our pricing at the US dollar, um, which allows us some stability. So we don't set our prices in the local currency, which is the, Zim the, the ZWL, which is the Zim dollar. Um, that way we can sort of plan and measure because most of our bills are in, are paid in US dollar. Our rent is paid in US dollar. Oh. Uh, salaries, etc. So meaning that everyone wants the US dollar. Everyone wants the US dollar, you know, so you have to price, but then not everyone pays in US dollar. Mm -hmm. So then at that point, then you have to, um, you have to peg it at the US dollar. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to choose my words very carefully because I don't think get into trouble. And then you, you create a, sep a separate price list in Zim dollar. Okay, so that separate price list, we don't use a rate, we don't rate, we just create a price that works for us in Zim dollar. Um, people by nature will then end up trying to, they'll divide your Zim dollar, you know, fee by the US dollar fee and try to figure out a rate, like uh -huh. what rate are you okay. using to change? Uh -huh. um, sorry, forgive me, the term rate here is like, is like using the word bread. We, yeah. <laughs> it's just, every day, I, I've learned every day you're calculating the prices again. Like if you have a price in US dollar, you, you ask for the rate and then you're calculating how you're better off if, they, if, they pay, if you pay in US dollar or in SIM dollar because yes. sometimes there are really big differences. Yes, yeah. yes, sometimes there are big differences. And we find that the US, dollar, the US dollar fee doesn't go up as much as the SIM dollar fees might mm -hmm. because the truth is on the ground, the SIM dollar things, even just in the shops, when you're going to buy stuff or to pay for services, that price is constantly going up. So you have to constantly adjust your Zim dollar price. So this is why people end up paying in US dollar because you know it's set. And why you don't have menus in restaurants with uh, Zim dollar prices. Yes. They have a separate uh, sheet for the prices because it changes every day. Yeah. yeah, every other day. Yeah, so, so that's sort of how we've, we've managed to do it. But then again, like I mentioned a bit earlier, the, the economy is tough. You know, most private schools... Like the really good ones, like us, because we're a very good private school. As far as I'm concerned, we're very good. Um, but most of the private schools are charging the lowest would be maybe $600 a term. Um, so that's like $200 a month. Um, that's like a really cheap private school. Okay. But on average, the good private schools, on average, you're looking at for kindergarten, $1,200 a term. And for primary school between... Anywhere between three thousand and six thousand US dollars a term. Wow, that's a thousand or two thousand a, a month. Yeah, thousand oh, to two thousand dollars a month. US dollars. US dollars. Oh my. Okay. And of course, those schools they don't need anything. I don't even think they know how to spell the word donation because they don't have it. They have everything they could. They're like the top tiers. Do the teachers there get more also? Yes, they yes. get very good salaries. So. Very, very good salaries. So, for example, I'm a headmistress. I'm, I'm, I'm at liberty to share. I'm very happy to share my salary. 
in this scenario, we have two. We have two schools, yes? So we have our kindergarten and we have our primary school. And you're headmistress of both. And I'm the headmistress of both and the administrator and the nurse and the what and whatever else mm -hmm. I need to be. Mm -hmm. And I earn $350. A month. A month. Yeah. And that's basically, I think, almost less than the rent in many cases, right? Yes. Yes. Because rents here are like almost in Europe. Mm, pretty much $500 rent. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and I'm the highest paid. Wow, yeah. I'm I, the highest paid here. So, um, and our teachers um, get about $200 and that's excluding transport. And they are, you know, amongst others, also considered very genuinely well paid. Wow. <laughs> you know, even yeah, though it's, it's even, poor pay, you know, but... Even doctors in hospitals only earn 300 or something, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I mean, it's still not enough. You know, it's, it's terrible because I'm paying them knowing that this is not enough. Yeah. This is not enough. I know you can't. And these are people with children, with families, with rentals to pay. You know, people with... People with responsibilities, with cars, you know, that need to put fuel in their cars and whatever. We only have one teacher who has a car. Yeah, and, and there's no public transport here, right? We have to use, like, the state-owned transport, state-run transport. And... So, I mean, I already am aware that people are not getting paid well, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's tough, you know, it then now boils down to how you treat people mm -hmm. um, because also the working conditions go a long way, you know, in, in whether someone chooses to stay. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, on average, maybe let's say you get a job that's paying a lot more. I, I, before I decided to start sort of running my own businesses, I was also in the... I was also part of the work market, you know, I was a worker on the ground, you know, so I've worked at companies where, you know, maybe I get a really good salary, but I end up leaving because it, here the market is, it's the employer's market. In Zimbabwe, it's the employer's market. Mm -hmm. The employee, you are nothing. The employer has all the power in Zimbabwe, so they will treat you however they want. Mm -hmm. Here... Um, we have a very sort of Ubuntu system. I know I talk about Ubuntu a lot. Yeah. It might sound cheesy to some people, but it's genuinely how we function, mm -hmm. um, how mm -hmm. I like to run my businesses. So we treat each other, yes, as colleagues, but also, you know, there's a family sense as human beings. They're human beings first. So yes, you're getting a salary and yes, I make sure you get your transport money in full. But then we also like, you know, every day when we're staying late, they get meals every day. They get tea time you get tea coffee you know you get a meal at break a mm -hmm. meal in the morning That's a meal in the afternoon right? yeah when you're sick you get your time off no you know no harrowing we have a lot of mums if your child is sick and you need to go there's no you have to go see hr and you have to make a request you go sometimes where we can we'll even pay for your taxi to take your child to go to mm -hmm. the 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 hospital or the doctor or mm -hmm. we try and where we can we have a sick bay the healing bay mm -hmm. You know, um, that medication, it's not just for the kids. We also have grown-up medication. So when mm -hmm. people are sick, we also give you medication because it's mm -hmm. so expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, or we help you buy medication. So we try to look after the person, mm -hmm. knowing that, yes, we don't pay you much, but we'll do everything else we can as well to make you as comfortable and as mm -hmm. happy as possible. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of how we try to yeah. balance things. Mm -hmm. So now you were speaking about healthcare. Yeah. Um, I know, don't know if you want to disclose that, but somebody here was ill with COVID very heavily, and that's why you also have a strict policy to wear masks. Yeah, yeah. 
tell us why that is and why are people so scared of getting ill here? Getting, <laughs> getting COVID in Zimbabwe is like a death sentence in two ways. Um, one, the actual healthcare system is not great. So you have to go to private hospitals and private hospitals are really expensive. You know, like some of them will even at the peak of COVID, you know, some hospitals were even saying $2,000 cash up front before you're even allowed through the door, before you even know how much it'll cost you per night. If you're a COVID patient in the car park, in the parking lot, that's where you pay. You're not even allowed through the door. They'll come and get the money in full PPE regalia from your car mm -hmm. or wherever you are mm -hmm. and then allow you inside. I mean, I see you, you're looking at about $500 a night. Mm -hmm. Look at my salary. Yeah. In a month, I can't even, off my one month salary, I can't even pay for one night in hospital. Yeah. You know, and it's just ridiculous. The cost of medication, a doctor's consultation, for example, will be $25 at the minimum. But for a specialist, you're looking at about $120, $200 just mm -hmm. to see a specialist. Mm -hmm. it's, it's ridiculous. So that's why we also then, it was very important for us to introduce a sick bay, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere where there's some kind of facility. Because you have some kids, for example, where... Um, you know, times are tough. Maybe the parents can't actually afford to buy medicine. Mm -hmm. So they send the kid to school and say, no, they're fine, but they're really not okay. okay. And you ask the kid, you know, what are you taking? And they'll tell you maybe like home remedies. No, my mom made me lemon tea, mm -hmm. you know, because that's all they, they really could do at this point in time. She got sick at the wrong time of the month. You know, mm -hmm. we make that joke. It's wrong time of the month to get sick, mm -hmm. you know. So we always make sure that knowing that not to shame anyone, instead of saying, why is your child sick? You know, we just cover the gap where we can give you as much medication, medical attention. Mm -hmm. If your child needs to sleep, we'll let you sleep in the sick bay. Maybe mm -hmm. home's not really okay. Or maybe there's, the mom is working, there's no one to leave the child at home with. Mm -hmm. You come, you sleep here, you know, we look after you. Because healthcare in this country, pff, where can you start really? And medical aid as well, <laughs> it's a bit of a sham in this country. It's not as reliable. You'll pay your medical aid and still have a significant shortfall you know so and not everyone again can afford medical aid the yeah. good medical aid you have to pay in u.s dollars <laughs> you pay your subs in u.s but not everyone earns in u.s mm -hmm. and then when you look at the salaries on the ground you can't even that's like a good chunk of your salary just paying for your health care mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and then you've got two three four kids mm -hmm. yeah so i mean i'm here for Bitcoin for Fairness, because I believe that Bitcoin can be a little bit of a remedy for people in emerging countries, especially also in Zimbabwe, uh, because it doesn't hyperinflate, you know, it doesn't inflate. All, all right, it's uh, going up and down all the time, but if you think, if you can manage to think long term and to save a little bit, uh, then it might help you, or at least you don't lose value. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your experiences and in, or maybe let's start in general. Do you think I'm right with that idea? Uh, do you see these, the possibilities, how Bitcoin could help people in these countries? Um, what's your opinion on that? I think so. I think, um, one is accessible, um, it's affordable. Bitcoin is affordable. Yes, because so most people think one Bitcoin is 40,000 US dollars and you can't buy it, but you can buy fraction or get fractions of it. Yes. 
um, and even just the fees that are associated with even even the higher fees for sending a small amount is still not as bad as the banks would charge, you know. And we're heavily taxed here in Zimbabwe, um, so I think I think yes, it can you know provide a platform to make people's lives easier, especially when it comes to um, remitting money um, or passing money around within the continent. So many countries are so tied up, you know, in terms of sending money to each other. Mm -hmm. So if my mother is sick and I happen to be in South Africa, you know, I have to go and find a Western Union or a Mukuru or something to send them the money. But with Bitcoin, and then they have to go and find somewhere to go. You know, Bitcoin, it's fast. It's instant. It's in their wallet. They can see it. Mm -hmm. You know, they can send it to someone. They can come and drop it off. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, yeah, it is, it is a bit easier to use. Um, it's it's still more stable than our currency. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, please don't come and arrest me, okay? I'm a good person. Um, but like, yeah, it's. Um, I think it's. I think you have a point. I think you have a point. Yeah, it it could, if more people adopted it. Yeah. The problem is that there's so few people. Exactly here. Yeah. yeah. You have you have money dealers. You can exchange it to US dollars. That's good. Yeah. But. Uh, you can't exchange it yet with other people. Not yet. So, and um, I'm also here tomorrow. We're going to do a little workshop mm -hmm. and I want to introduce you to the Lightning Network. With that, you even can have faster payments and smaller ones, you know, mm -hmm. with, with less transaction fee like you have on the Bitcoin network. Because from what you were telling me about how much you earn, I gather you can't even save a lot. I don't save it at all exactly because you have to spend everything you because you need it and people i learned also even if they don't need a thing now they buy it now because the next day it's more expensive so i think there's a point in trying to break this mm. and and to get into this long-term thinking and even if it's just 50 cents a week or yeah. maybe a month and that is something that you can do with the Lightning Network. You couldn't do that with Bitcoin before. Right. So I hope that this can help you in any way or support you in the future. And I think more and more people here learn about it. And if they see the advantages, they might even start this bit small Bitcoin community here, you know? Yeah. I want to put you also in contact with a guy, the guy from Bulawayo, uh, who came here because we set up a, a group mm -hmm. uh, to exchange information, to learn, and uh, not feel so lonely in yeah. using Bitcoin here. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. The more people we know, the better. Because then, even if we could pay f pay each other, you know, I wish I could pay my rent in Bitcoin. I really do. You know, it would. <laughs> make life a little bit easier, you know, or, you know, be able to just do a simple service or a transaction. Mm -hmm. I know there's things that allow us to like maybe buy airtime and stuff, but yes. you, you want, you want to use it. You know, there's a, there's a way that it's hard to, especially in Zim, there's not much of a saving culture here, mm -hmm. but if there's something that allows us to interact with each other and, you know, be able to exchange, um, and then through that, be able to generate income in such a way that you can start putting money aside and can mm -hmm. start saving, mm -hmm. you know, that would be great. So mm -hmm. absolutely, like, very keen. What are the challenges here or problems uh, that you faced in the last two years when you have been using Bitcoin? <laughs> I don't like the price fluctuation thing. It, like, gave me, like, 
high blood pressure. So I stopped checking. Um, <laughs> just stopped checking. I was like, this is bad for my health. Um, I think also, yeah, the, the limited number of people that know about it and that use it. Um, the negative perception associated with Bitcoin here, you know, it's considered like it's a dealer's thing, you know, it's it's not really like on a good social standing, you know, mm -hmm. so you can't really even talk about it much in case someone thinks you are trying to launder money or something of that nature, you know, mm -hmm. so or, you or a scammer because or a scammer, you yeah. know, the moment you say Bitcoin, they think that you're trying to scam someone or something. So or sell something or sell something to someone, you know, so it's just that negative perception that hasn't, that has been a bit of a challenge. Um, you know, uh, yeah. Also the fact that the, the network is like still really, really mm -hmm. small, you know, so it's limited. So for example, I remember, especially during December, during the Christmas holidays, I think all the all the traders had traveled. <laughs> oh, okay, so there was no one here to exchange. There the was money. no one to exchange the money, you know, and, and 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 things like that. So that was like, geez, we're too small. This community is too small, you know. Um, yeah. So, are there any technical things that you uh, came across that uh, hindered you or made it more difficult to use it? The cost of data here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Internet is really expensive here. Data is really expensive. Yes. So sometimes and it's very slow. That's the next thing. You have moments where you just give up and you're yeah. like, okay. And it's mostly because of the power cuts. I don't think it's because our actual speed is like that. But when power cuts happen, the base stations go down. Mm -hmm. um, or the base stations are put on generator or on backup. Power. How is this with uh, text messages? So do the uh, mobile phone providers You can still use text message. Yes. Even though the power is down. Yes. Yes. Th so th But that's reliable. Yes. So if you manage, if, if there would be a, where a possibility to use Bitcoin over text messages, that would be helpful in that. If there was like a USSD code for Bitcoin, that would be What great. What is a USSD so, code? Uh, USSD is like um, star... So like star one five one hash, you know, uh -huh. and then you dial it and then you get like a menu option okay, and you so press one to do this, two to do that. Okay. That's like yeah. you use money, mobile money. It's like mobile money. So yeah, I think if there was a USSD version of Bitcoin, it would, it would revolutionize everything. Yeah. Because I everyone think. is using mobile money. Yeah. And that would be just a change in habit, like it's using like mobile banking. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, maybe that way. But I would say technically, yeah, I would say the cost of data. Just access to the internet sometimes, just to access your wallet yes. or to send money. Sometimes you need to send money and then you can't because the network is really slow. Yeah, um, and then sometimes just like this, the technology itself, sometimes like um, I remember there was a time I had a challenge with my wallet. I think I even reached out to you to say my wallet's not working. And um, it wasn't reading, I don't know, the SMS center for this country. And then everything sort of fell out of whack and I couldn't access my funds for like a month. Really? Yeah, it was just, and you know, it ended up the problem was actually on our end and I had to reach out to our, uh, my local um, mobile, you know, You needed, a, uh, you needed a text verification or something? something yes, yeah, it was okay. a and it wasn't mm. coming and it was mm. something to do with, you know, they'd flagged certain sites or whatever and mm -hmm. couldn't get messages from certain areas. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, it was just like, you know, little things like that. Um, but I would say uh, if, you, if we're talking technically, I guess just access to data and the cost of data yeah. as well. Yeah. And also you have these internet bundles. We, we were talking about this in an earlier interview mm -hmm. because I, I'm using mobile uh, internet here. And I paid um, 
60 US dollars for six gigabyte, six gigabyte, <laughs> no, 60 gigabyte, I think. A lot, because <laughs> it was a lot. Because in, in, in Europe, I, I, I'm paying 35 euros for unlimited internet. And here I'm paying 60 oh, sorry, US. what? Yes. Can I come with you? Can you put me in your backpack? Or is there a way to hotspot me your Wi-Fi from so your house? How much is unlimited internet here? 220 US dollars. So basically your whole income. My whole salary can pay for unlimited. Yeah, no, that's basically. crazy. That's crazy. Basically. Um, then tell me a little bit about, you said uh, Bitcoin has a shady, um, how do you say, uh, name here, like yeah. uh, people yeah, are, are suspicious about it, it's not mm -hmm. credible. Um, you were exchanging um, US dollars in person. Yes. And I tell that now from my perspective, from my experience, a friend of mine had, because you weren't there. Uh, so this person came then, uh, so it was very, very easy to get in touch with a money, money dealer. And this person came and I think he used a moon wallet, um, which is a great wallet to use. And so my friend uh, hopped into the car of the guy and then um, he showed her his moon wallet and his address. And she uh, paid the Bitcoin, sent it to him. And in that moment, he saw it here and he also used the official exchange rate, like the, the one that the wallet showed. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have a special rate or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and then he got out a, a huge packet of money, you know, he had loads of US dollars. Yeah. So my friend was then saying to me, so I'm, I don't know, where do these guys get the money from? Yeah. What do you think? What, what's your... What do you think? Because you can't speak in an official way here, yeah? But what, what do you think about that? Let me choose my words very carefully. Yes. Um, it's, it's, okay, I'll use an example of selling a house. Mm -hmm. Okay. A lot of people who own houses here don't live here. Mm -hmm. So maybe they live in New Zealand or Australia or something. And they sell so they, their house. They went abroad to yeah, work. Yeah, they there. went to go live and yeah, like probably like relocate. The same ones who send remittances maybe to exactly. their families. Yeah. Perfect example. Mm -hmm. So these guys will then um, uh, they will then sell their house, but then they need their money that yes. side. Yes. But to get their money from here to there yes. becomes nightmarish and mm -hmm. you end up losing maybe even a whole quarter of the value of the mm -hmm. money mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um the easiest way to send it would mm -hmm. be through bitcoin mm -hmm. that they just then receive it in their bitcoin wallet and mm -hmm. then they do whatever they need to do mm -hmm. because out there bitcoin works a lot different to how it works here mm -hmm. you know it's a lot more adopted you know you can use you know platforms like local bitcoin and actually you know you can accept paypal and all that stuff we can't do all that yeah. so you know, that's a, an example of mm -hmm. why, for example, someone might end up having like maybe like Stashes half a million money. US dollars yeah. because they're sending. Um, also, you know, I'm going to stop there. So in a way, we could say Bitcoin is democratizing, mm -hmm. sending money over, all over the world, maybe even without paying tax. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, I thought a lot about it. And I also think on one hand, oh, I mean, hmm how to 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 um, 
how to think about that, you know. And I only know the big ones, the big banks, the big guys, they are always laundering money. You can't tame that, you know. It's like trying to, to uh, tame drug um, con um, sales. Yes. You can't, yeah. And it's the same here. And now, at least with Bitcoin, everybody is free to use his or her money the way she or her, he, he wants. And the highest percentage of us common people, we are good people, we want to do good things. And so I think it's okay and it's good that Bitcoin enables to do us, to, that, to do, <laughs> that yeah. we can do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, like the guys who do the the live peer-to-peer -peer exchange etc yeah you know they'll charge premium rates like if you want to like for example a good example is i've got a an employee who lives in ghana mm -hmm. um and uh, he's a full-time employee full contract but he's never been here he's mm -hmm. a remote employee mm -hmm. and we pay him in bitcoin mm -hmm. and you know until I then found someone who I have an understanding with and who understands this is monthly, for a long time, people would charge me right up to 20% of the amount that I want to send. In, for sending Bitcoin? For, for sending, getting, yeah, for getting to buy Bitcoin. Yeah, you pay, you know, because you have, an up, you have a premium here because yeah. it's so hard to get it. It's so hard to get it. And the premium, I remember at some point when things were really, really, like when Bitcoin was shooting up, mm -hmm. the premium also shot up. Oh, wow. You know, so you, some guys I know are charging up to 30, 35% wow. of the amount that you want to buy. That's, and that's how they make their money. Yeah. Um, but it's not nice because they, 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 yeah, I mean, they sell Bitcoin and they want to hold it because it increases. Yeah. So, um, so we would need to look for ways that you can get your Bitcoin from abroad that you don't have to pay this uh, premium. Yeah, I know from them, there's, there are guys, um, they want to build a um, exchange that also allows Zimbabweans uh, to exchange US dollars uh, to Bitcoin there. And I guess they won't have such a high premium. Um, and um, tomorrow I'm going to tell you there are also other possibilities to exchange US dollars to Bitcoin. I think some uh, exchanges are allowing Zimbabweans because you're under sanctions. Yeah. So yeah. most platforms, um, as soon as you say you give your address because you have to walk through this KYC process, you get locked uh, out. Get locked out yeah? yeah, which is horrible for people here because you're not um, respon uh, responsible um, for the yeah. <laughs> what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and what I didn't say is that the thing that I'm going to tell you when I'm home, you simply can't say some things here. No. Yeah. And that's the human rights perspective, um, why I think Bitcoin is so important here, because it allows people here to speak freely. Like in speech, money is also free speech. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one. I've never heard that. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, it's a human right to access money as free speech because you give value to things. If you send money to, let's say, a political campaign or party, then that's your, your choice. And if anyone uh, can see what you're doing with your money, which is also happening, they are surveilling everything, then they can get you in a way, you know. There was this demonstrations in Hong Kong uh, one or two years ago where people went to demonstrations and first they bought their ticket for the, the underground with their cards. But then the, the government cracked down on them 
and could find the people who were going to the demonstrations through their bank transactions. Mm -hmm. And then people started to use cash again. So that's an example of how, how Bitcoin is enabling free speech as a human right. So and that's why I'm running around in countries like that to, to share this knowledge, you know? Yeah. yeah. The more we know, knowledge is power. Yeah, exactly. So thank you very much, Aura. Maybe do you have a closing statement um, where you want to tell something to my our listeners and viewers about the school, about your work, about what you wish for, something like that. A message. <laughs> thank you. I guess that's my first message for just showing an interest. It we just it's just this random obscure little school somewhere in Harare, Zimbabwe, in the southernmost part of Africa. And here you are watching and actually interested for everyone that's even followed us. I know we don't tweet much or post much, forgive me, I get really busy, but you know, the fact that you retweet or follow what we're doing and just have an interest, just that alone already means so much, you know, it really boosts our self-esteem. It boosts our confidence to say, you know, hey, we're something, you know, we're a small school, but someone out there cares about us. Um, and, and we're really grateful for, on top of that, then the donations. Then you give of your money, your hard work, your hard earned income on top of just the general support. That's really humbling. Um, and I, I speak on behalf of everyone, all our staff, all our students to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I truly, truly appreciate it. You've done one, you've seen for yourself, you've yeah. done wonders, literally signs and wonders. It's been amazing. We're just happy. Just And Anita's here. Thank you for supporting <laughs> Anita so that she could come here and be with us. And yeah, exactly. And I would like to thank OKCoin, Leiden and the Human Rights Foundation for enabling that. What she said. Yeah. <laughs> And what she said. And uh, I want to give you one copy of my books, uh, my book, um, because I think it might help you to even gain more knowledge. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, about Bitcoin, and um, maybe also teach your students a little bit more about it. And now, after we're closing that video, thanks for watching. I'm going also uh, to donate to you, to the school, in the name of the Bitcoin for Fairness initiative, um, so that you can buy whatever you need, maybe a computer. No, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how, 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 how much does a computer cost that you need? 250. What, US? 250 US. Okay, I'm donating a computer. <laughs> Can I say, Joshua, did you hear that? <laughs> Sorry. So can, you've got your wallet here? Yes. I, so I can I directly send you that afterwards. We're That's doing that. Crazy. One computer for the school. Bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for tuning in. As I said, if you want to donate to St. Anne's School for new computers, books, and things like they really need, please go to bffbtc.org slash school donation in one word. bffbtc.org slash school donation. If you've enjoyed my show so far, please subscribe to YouTube, to my YouTube channel, and also to my newsletter at anita.link news. 
A special thank you goes out to the Human Rights Foundation, to OKCoin and to Leden for supporting the work of Bitcoin for Fairness. And this time for the Zimbabwean travel also to Dresor for donating hardware wallets for my Academy participants. Thank you very much and see you soon at the next episode of the Anita Post Show 